Good morning. It's March 27th, and welcome to Doing Life, Daily Devotions for Finding Peace in Stressful Times. This is the audible companion to the book by the same name. And you might have guessed, today's topic is, what, no dance lessons? Sometimes I think there are only two instructions we need to follow to develop and deepen our spiritual life, slow down and let go, Ariya Mountain Dreamer. Yesterday, still in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, all of the Dallas-Fort Worth area had been placed on lockdown, euphemistically called shelter-in-place. My wife was out taking a walk on an uncharacteristically warm and sunny day for March. She went the old loop we used to use with our late German Shepherd buddy after he grew lame. Not very far. It's maybe a quarter of a mile at most, down a short street to a cul-de-sac on a small lake, then back and through an alley to another street near our house. I had skipped this walk because I was resting after both my commercial pilot son and myself had enjoyed an incredibly rare simultaneous day off. We'd gone sailing on Lake Texoma with a perfect 17-knot breeze under blue skies with the temperature hovering around 90. We both figured the likelihood of my spreading the virus asymptomatically as a physician still seeing many patients was limited by several thousand acres of lake and a brisk wind. Anyway. I was giving the couch a workout while she went on her walk. When my wife returned, she remarked on how many people she had passed on her walk. They were out jogging, pushing strollers, biking, or chatting, six feet apart, on the sidewalks. Usually at 6.30 p.m. on a Thursday, we might pass two or three people. She counted 31. She overheard three women discussing the incredible joy of their day, simply because they had all been forced out of their busy routines. They couldn't believe how stress-free a day could be without taking the kids to school, being there at lunch or volunteering for this or that, then taking one to dance lessons, picking another up after basketball or soccer or baseball, shopping in between, and then preparing dinner on top of all that. One woman who worked full-time out of the home remarked it had been similar for her. Her routine normally was showering, putting on makeup and dressing for work, gulping down an instant something for breakfast, while making the kids breakfast and lunches, then dropping them off at school and trying to get to work on time, hustle from one meeting to another, lunch out with a client, back to the office for another meeting, and trying to finish a report before fighting her way home in the traffic, and then usually having to make dinner for everyone anyway, since her husband couldn't boil an egg. Instead of all that, she leisurely took a shower, the kids slept late, she had coffee with her husband, they both had a conference call a little later, while the kids did online assignments themselves. They ate lunch together at the table on the deck in the backyard, took a nap while the kids had screen time, checked in with a few more things remotely at the office, then all had dinner together. It was, well, unbelievable. Winston Churchill once said, We shape our buildings, and then our buildings shape us. Through our ingenuity, we have created this technocracy where everything, and I mean everything, is instant. 
when everything works so fast that we cut the microwave short because we can't possibly wait for the full 90 seconds, there is a huge amount of stress built into every day that has never existed in the history of man before the last 20 years or so. Tom Galway, chief technologist at HP, says we have shaped our technology to be more responsive and productive, and now our technology is shaping our behavior so that we are all always on demand. I'm old enough to remember not just a day before smartphones or a day before digital pagers, but a day where if you weren't sitting by your phone at home, well, whoever was looking for you just had to wait until you became available again. Imagine that. The viral pandemic will undoubtedly change our society in many ways, not unlike 9-11 did. But there may also be a sort of renaissance, a reawakening, that ripples through our frantically mobile, overachieving, workaholic, always connected country. What if people rediscover the value of quiet? What if they rediscover the occasional beauty of solitude? What if they rediscover their families? What if they rediscover their Savior? Our Lord understood the value of solitude. He understood the necessity to get away from the busyness in the crowd. He understood the importance of prayer. As one with the Creator, he understood the value of rest. Hebrew Sabbath, from which we get Sabbath. Because he invented it. Ward Cushman notes in To Every Nation that Jesus rested, often in solitude, to prepare for a major task, Luke 4, 1 and 14, or to pray, Luke 5, 16, to recharge after a hard day, Mark 6, 30, to work through his own grief, Matthew 14, 1, in times of distress, Luke 22, 39, and before important decisions, Luke 6, 12. Disconnecting from the crazy, busy, interactive, instant communication world that the device we all hold in our hands even while driving has created, can be a tremendously freeing event. Not a single one of the 31 people my wife passed was on their iPhone. Not one. When was the last time you saw that on a walk, or anywhere for that matter? They were happy and relaxed. When we relax, we can often communicate better than when we are in a rush to be productive. We can use this newly discovered state of being, called relaxed, to connect with those we love. And for us, Christian types, that means connecting with God through prayer. Remember, when you go in that closet and pray, you're not alone. That's the whole point. The person that's in there with you loves you more than you can begin to imagine. Maybe you should take a moment and really have a conversation. You know, where you talk and then listen. Prayer in a rush has the same effect on God as speaking to your spouse does when you do so without even looking at him or her because you're in too big a hurry to get something done or head out the door or get on the phone, or whatever. Let the pandemic give you something good. Let the complete alteration of routine truly turn your world upside down. When you turn stuff upside down, all sorts of things fall out. Maybe turning your world upside down will drop out the frantic, drop out the overworked, drop out the instant connectedness to everything. Maybe as the dissemination of actual facts helps us get a grip on our anxiety about the pandemic, we can get a grip on our everyday performance, connectedness anxieties, and then see the value that comes from stepping back, taking a breath, and slowing down. Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested. Genesis 2, 2. Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Mark 6, 
31. Father God, we love you and confess that this technological world we have created has benefited for mankind, but it also tears us away from the things that are truly important. When we slow down and step away, even if we're forced to do so by a virus that completely disrupts society as we know it, there are unexpected joys that bring us closer to the ones we love and closer to you, Lord. Thank you for hidden blessings. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.